Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars, and we are back again with a special, special guest. She is super talented. She is super dope. And I'm so happy that she was able to carve out some time to join us here in the den. Octavia the Great, Octavia the Great, and I do mean great. Welcome to the den. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing so fucking good. How are you? Amazing, amazing. It's the day after the holiday, but damn it, I am talking to a super talented MC, and you know, that's what we are all about here in the den, just talent and giving the talent their flowers. So I am so happy you were here to join me. And in the words that we said earlier, let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Absolutely. <laughs> now, now, we have a, a little bit of a relation because Octavia is from my city, 757. Tell me a little bit about growing up in the 757. I know firsthand, but tell a little bit about growing up in the 757 to those who don't know about our city and about our town. Yeah, this is such a heavily influenced arts place to be. Such a good place to kind of get a lot of different uh, point of views from. So I love it here, honestly. I'm moving probably soon to like the 804 area. But um, I, I do love it here. Absolutely. And I always tell people when people ask me about where I'm from, I say, oh, you have an interesting accent. Where are you from? And I'm like, I don't have an accent. I'm from 757. We don't have accents. But everybody else has an accent. Like, y'all. Absolutely. Like, you guys have an accent, not us. We, you know, we sound as straight laced as possible. But, as uh, regular, yeah. <laughs> as regular as possible. But I always say we have the influences because everyone here is not from here. Uh, it's a military town, so we have a ton of military influences, ton of influences from all over the map. So it's like a hodgepodge, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Now, right. uh, one tradition we have in here, besides being a music lover, I'm a big nerd. Anything Marvel, anything DC, I'm all into it. And I always say every hero, every villain, every anti-hero has their origin story. So how did you go from your mild-mannered secret identity to becoming the great Octavia the Great? How did you get there? Um, let's see. I think almost I almost got sued. I was um I used to use the name Vision. You okay. Know? And that, that kind of suited my spoken word, mild mannered personality that you're talking about. But then I almost got sued because this guy had been using the name for years and he got upset with me, you know, because he trademarked it. So he was right, but I, I just didn't know. So I went from that to um, Octavia the Great. And honestly, I'm still reminding myself I'm the fucking great. So I'm still like kind of getting there, growing into it, honestly. I love it. And you're definitely great. I checked out uh, your catalog and I dug it. I loved it. Um, Lyrically, you're top notch. You're top notch. You're out there doing something that unfortunately in hip hop is very rare. We we don't hear the lyrics like we used to. I'm an 80s baby, but my my heart is the 90s when it comes to music. And that's when lyrics were everything. You definitely have that. Who are some of your earlier influences that inspired you? I know you come from a spoken word background, so that translates well, but who are some of your earlier influences musically? Um, instantly when you said that, I kind of went back to like high school, what I would play on repeat. Lauren Hill, you know, Miss Education of Lauren Hill. Miss Lauren Hill, played, salute. 
Yeah, <laughs> I played all of Alicia Keys' albums, the songs in the minor, um, all of her. I had I had every single one. Um, so very uh, like a neo soul, like India Irie, people like that. And then like you know, as I got older, I started to pull different influences from like rock and the Cranberries and like um, old old school like um, country bands and just just kind of everything now. But then it was just like you know neo soul. And, and th that is right up my alley. That, that's the type of music that I just really gravitated to growing on. So I, I see we're here. I see we're here. This is going to be fun. Now, your first album, The Girl with the Crazy Hair, dropped in 2019, pre-pandemic, before everyone knew that the world was just going to blow up and, and turn to the shit show that it turned into in the last two years. But now we're back 2021. COVID kicked everyone's ass, but you dropped a new album, no bra. I know that's the anthem for the ladies and, and some of us chubbier guys too, but <laughs> you're, you're really saying something. You're really spitting. What what influenced No Bra? What influenced that album? What influenced that movement? It's so weird that you mentioned COVID, like, because I had COVID-19 when I put that project out and I put it out because I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is it, Lord. This is what I want to leave behind. No bra. Like, this is what I want to be remembered by. So um, I put the project out, like, as a tester on Audis first. And I had people, like, just pay me directly for it. Like, and it actually did pretty good that way. Like, I made a lot more money than if I had just uploaded it to streaming sites and had people streaming. So it let people build with me and connect with me more uh, personally as an artist. And it also like, nobody knows that. Nobody knows the story was, she thought she was gonna die. So she released this No Bra Project. But that's it, that's the story. COVID was really bad. I was, I was one of those people, I was like, uh, these people are like, bigging it up. No, I was in here on my ass, walking around shaking. I, I fortunately have dodged the COVID bug, but I've had family members in the past and friends that have been sick from it. So I know it is legit. I, I tell people out here that uh, are all conspiracy theorists. And I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter if it was made from a bat or it was made in the lab. I don't know. I got to see in science. But what I do know is that it's real and that it's definitely affecting people and infecting people. So uh, yeah. that that's a crazy story that you say, hey, let me leave a legacy piece behind. And it's definitely a legacy piece, something that I think will last and stand uh, the time, you know, the times uh, for sure. Now, my favorite song on the album, I actually have two. Usually I don't have two favorites, but you know what? My show, I'll go ahead and say. So su Sunday Morning and Darlene, both very personal, uh, or at least seem personal. What went into the creation of those two songs? Because they're bangers for sure. Thank you. Uh, Sunday morning, I, I grew up in a, with a church Christian background. So I wanted to talk about like growing up in a religious household. And I wanted to talk about seeing my parents go through a divorce. And which at that time, it wasn't like we knew they were going through a divorce, but we knew, you know, it wasn't, we didn't talk about it, but everybody knew. So I wanted to mention that I wanted to talk about kind of the imperfections, you know, in a black family. Um, that is a lot of times people like even I 
I might get in trouble for saying this, but like playing that song around my mom, I could tell she might get a little uncomfortable, you know? But when I told it, I told it from the perspective of being like this 12, 13 year old child. I'm seeing this, I'm seeing my mom go out of her way to, you know, try and please someone who just, please and keep someone who just didn't really want to be kept. So it was, it's definitely, that's probably the most personal song on the project to me. Um, so yeah. And, uh, and then Darlene, I had a cousin, it's a true story, but her name's not Darlene, her name is Pauline. So uh, I just changed the name because I, I had hit her up on Facebook and I was like, hey, I did this song, I want to use your name. And um, she never, uh, she didn't respond. So I was just like, I'm going to change the name just in case anything, you know, you never know. Like, you got to hey, be very Avoid the lawsuit. Those... Avoid the lawsuit. You already almost exactly. got it once. So. <laughs> Even though it's family. But anyway, Pauline, um, she had a, it, it's a true story. It, it really is. And what happened was uh, I was out one day and I happened to see her. And like, um, she said to me, you know, if you hadn't walked up, I was about to kill myself. And like right then, I was like, you know, it was like one of those things where, okay, this is a time where you shut the fuck down and you sit the fuck down and you stop whatever you're about to do. It doesn't even matter. And this is a person that, and I'm damn, I'm, I'm sad I said her name. <laughs> I don't know if you can edit that out, but anyway. Edit it out. I can edit I'm it out. I'm going to be hundred percent with you. Um, so I walked up and she was like, you know, you haven't walked up, da, 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 da. So I took her, um, we went to the beach and we just hung out that whole day. And it kind of changed our relationship because growing up, we didn't have a good relationship because they always looked at me like I felt like I was better than them because my mom really, she, I grew up in a very, and this is the, this is the misconceptions that people can have. Like here I am growing up in a very strict household. I can't stay, you know, have slumber parties. I can't stay the night anywhere. And I look over there and they're like, they just do whatever the fuck they want to do. And I'm like, I want to be over there. And they're like, no, we want to be over here where you are. So we, we clashed a lot kind of growing up. Um, and we didn't, we didn't actually like get close until that incident where I took that time for her and she appreciated it, you know? So yeah, that's the story, darling. That is awesome. And you being there for your family, that's, that's key. Family is everything. So that, that's a beautiful story. And you can tell, just listen to this. It's something that we always talk about. Only people who are liars get writer's block because you're trying to make up something. But when it's coming from a genuine place, it yeah. just it pours on the page. So I, you can tell, and and your talent. Uh, I, I don't use this word often, but it's exquisite. It's, it's simply exquisite. Now, being in the music industry, uh, being in the music business, the fun part is the music. The shitty part is the business. And, and you even mentioned, you know, you made more from selling it direct than just streaming because you get 20 million yeah. streams to get $4. It, it, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very pimp and hoe relationship when it comes to the music industry. How has the business side been for you and, and have you experienced any challenges being an MC, a lyrical MC that's not out there just talking about 
uh, WAPs and things of that nature, but actually just putting out real quality content. Has the business side been a challenge for you? Uh, absolutely. And I think the, the strongest challenge about the business part is motherfuckers don't expect you to know the business and then they don't want you to know the business. So it's so hard to learn uh, without going through the, uh, the trial and error phase. So you have to like, I signed with a management company probably uh, almost a year ago and then I decided not to continue my contract because I'm like, shit, this is trial and error and how much I'm spending for the trial, for the trial and error, I could do that shit on my own, you know? So it's, it's an interesting place to be in because you got to know the shit for yourself. And even if you get somebody that you trust, like, um, you know, to manage you or to, you know, teach you, you still got to know the shit for yourself because what they're going to teach you is still going to be, they're going to tell you still what can benefit them as well. So in order for you to like know, okay, and be able to like rightly divide, you know, you still got to just really, really dive in. And I still haven't done it. And it's, it's weird because I was thinking about that earlier um, today. Like, I still don't really know. I know how to make money for my music, but I still don't really know how to make money for my music to where it's like a continuous, uh, you know, source of income. And I know it can be done. I've seen it be done, but I still don't really know um, how. And I keep like reaching out to different people, you know, trying to get help or trying to, but you, it, it really is a, a kind of a lonely journey. Um, you really got to like sit down and, and, and do it yourself. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the reasons we created this platform. Uh, it's not only just a entertaining podcast on the interwebs. It's also an opportunity for young artists unsigned artists, new artists, and signed artists to hear from other artists and hear their stories, their ups and downs, their trials and tribulations. Because it's one thing, I know the business side. Uh, I've been talent before, but I know the business side very well. And I tell people right now, with technology, you don't need anyone. You don't need a record label. You don't, It's good to have that machine behind you, but that exposure is going to be at a cost of ownership of your art, ownership of your craft, and more importantly, freedom. So if you get into the music industry for love of the art and you have the ability, that's key. You also have to have the talent. You can make it. Um, but if you get into it just to be flashing cash in a music video, that's going to come and go. We see artists like yeah. Mill who sold millions of records saying he hasn't seen a dime from publishing. Snoop probably in my opinion, the biggest hip hop star in the world has said he's never seen a dollar from publishing. So really, that's why we always ask, you know, we know the music is top notch, but how has the business side affected you and what experiences? So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that because young artists out there, please listen, know your business before you even learn how to pick up a guitar or, or count bars, learn your business, because if it's going to make your life, this is going to be your life. You need to know your business side because it's a, a lot of sharks out there and they will take advantage of you uh, yeah. really quickly, really quickly. Now, I always ask creatives, I'm always curious, walk me through your, your song making process. 
Are you one of those people that come with the lyrics already typed out and then you're ready to have, you know, find a beat that match? Or are you someone that are inspired by the beat and you let the beat dictate what you're going to put pen to paper? What's your creative process look like? Yeah, I think it's both. I think being creatively flexible and not trying to, you know, make it one one or the other. Like sometimes I hear the beat and maybe the beat is like, I'm sorry, somebody's calling me. Oh, no, you're good. I'll edit that out. Um, Maybe some... uh, was I saying? Maybe you hear the beat, but still, like, because music is such a spiritual thing, even still, you're in tune with that producer, and you heard it, and it stood out to you for a reason. And so, when you start to like make the music, a lot of times I'll find subconsciously I'm moving off the topic that the producer named the beat. So if he called it "No Feet" or now my song is about no movement, being still, and you know, something like that, or something that's just very in tune with what they created. So it's all one, you know, we don't try to separate it. I said we, like I'm like Abraham Hicks or something, but I don't try <laughs> to separate it. <laughs> but um, yeah, just letting everything be as it is. And like most of my, recently what I'm finding is most of my songs come from no music. You know, they come as melodies and just a very, uh, just a frequency that is new to me. So even as you're asking me, you're like, um, what did you say? What was the question? Your How do I process you even like your words, I'm like, in my mind, I'm finding a melody in it, you know? And I didn't, like, I'm doing it so subconsciously that it's almost like kind of uh, first nature now, second nature. That's amazing. And my, my favorite artist all the time, once again, I mentioned before, I'm an 80s baby, Michael Jackson. That's my favorite artist. And I always tell people to study Michael Jackson, not, you know, all the weird stuff and the elephant bones, but study his business uh, because the man was, a he was out there buying the Beatles publishing from under Paul McCartney. You know, he was out yeah. there uh, doing things and, and, owning half of the Sony ATV catalog. There's huge things that he was doing business-wise. I always tell all artists, study Michael, you know, study his stage performance, study his attention to detail and study his business side. So uh, that's something I grew up on. And he also mentioned that he felt he doesn't really write the music, that it comes to him, that he's kind of just a channel for a higher power. Do you ever feel that when you just lay something down that you're so proud of? Do, do you ever feel like you just kind of stepped away and channeled something in? Or have you ever had that experience? Yeah, the, the music writes itself, you know, and you're there to like, you're there as a narrator, you know, but it, it's writing itself and it is coming from just a place that is beyond, beyond the mind, you know. Music is beyond the mind. And that's why when you understand it, you don't understand it with your mind, you understand it from within. You're like, ah, I feel this. This is like certain certain songs. For me right now, it's orchestra. When I can hear a lot of instruments, a lot of powerful drums going on, it moves through my whole body and I have to stop everything I'm doing. I don't give a fuck what you're saying, what you're talking about. And then I have to like, look at people like, oh my God, I hope you understand that it's not you. It's me right now, whatever is playing in the background noise that you think is just background noise, it's really moving through me, you know? So right now for me, it's like 
um, when I hear like large bands or, you know, like I said, orchestra, a lot of horns, a lot of, da -da 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 -da, you know, like a band feel, it really moves through me. So I forgot what the fuck you asked me, but I don't know how I got there. So you, you got there, you answered. It was just talking about, you know, how you feel as the music channels through you. And, oh, and so, yeah. No, you, yeah, you you got there for sure. Absolutely. Now, there's a lot of female rappers out right now. And you're just a dope rapper. I don't like to put gender into anything because I always say you don't call them female doctors. You're just a doctor. You just I hate when people put gender in, in a job. A job is a job. But there's a lot of female rappers out there from your Cardi B's to your, your Lizzo's and, and everything in between. Who are you listening to? Are there any female rappers that you are listening to right now that you're like, you know what? They got something. They're bringing something to the game. Oh my goodness. That is such a hard question because I don't listen to rap. Really? Um, any rap yeah. whatsoever? Um, not on the regular, not like, I don't have any, like, I have moments where I'd be like, oh, I want to hear this song by this person. It might be, you know, rapper, but I don't really listen to that much rap music. Um, damn, that's so weird to say. So I'm going to just say, I like, um, let's see, I like Tierra Whack. I like what she's taking things. I, I find her very interesting. And she has a, a very soulful kind of melodic uh, tone as well that I kind of uh, pull a lot of influences from. So I would have to say her. Uh, I listen to Divine. Divine is an artist out in Dallas, Texas that is kind of up and coming, but I listen to a lot of her music. Um, and that's really kind of it. Most of my musical, uh, what I listen to, like in the car, Silk Sonic. That's just fucking love, lit. I love Silk Sonic. I was actually uh, yesterday. It's, it's so ironic. Yesterday I was putting. It was obviously Thanksgiving, and I was putting my mom onto it, and she thought it was some Curtis Mayfield, Bootsy yeah. Collins stuff from the seventies. <laughs> And to the point where she was like, oh, I listened to this when I was going to prom. And I'm like, no, you definitely didn't because it came out this year. And how are you going to tell me? And I'm like, no, seriously, look at the year it was created. Bruno Mars was not born when you were going to the prom. And she was like, holy <laughs> shit, this, this sounds like it's from my my, my generation. It's it is beautiful. so fucking good. It's like beautiful. I turn off all of my notifications. I turn, I put my phone on do not disturb, like when I'm driving. Like, do not fucking call me while Six Silk Sonic is playing. Like, that's literally how I feel. Like, I don't wanna, don't interrupt it. And I'm gonna play it from start to finish every fucking time. And if I can't do that, I need to start it over and like just free up my time. Like, that's how much I'm in love with it. But yeah. I concur. I can't wait till the world tour next year because as soon as they come anywhere near me, I have to see it because I know the stage mm -hmm. show is going to be amazing. Those two gentlemen, yeah. uh, it's one of the rare situations where generally the sum of the parts don't make a great, but together as a pair, I think they're actually greater than they are solo, if that makes any sense. And both of yeah. those gentlemen have made smash hits, but together, it's like Voltron or something. They when they come together, it, it's it's crazy. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So 
Octavia, we have talked about uh, the the creation of the No Bra Project. We've talked about some of my favorite tracks on there. We've talked about uh, your influences. But now we're going to have a little fun. We're going to play a little game. And let's check our board. And you got Musical Mount Rushmore. So this is the game to earn your Denmate stamp. For those who've watched the show, you all know what the Denmate stamp is about. We give you this stamp, your official gang gang, you're affiliated. We're gonna always promote your stuff. We're gonna uh, link you in with some artists, but it's not free. You have to earn it. And to earn it, you just have to play a game. I sound really jigsaw-like, like I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna go to trap you into something, but I assure you it's completely safe. So the game yeah. you, you pulled was musical Mount Rushmore. So I'm gonna set the stage for you. Okay. The aliens have come and they're gonna blow the hell out of Earth. And they're gonna blow it to smithereens unless you, Octavia the Great, can provide them with four dope musical artists from any genre, alive or dead. And if they are dope enough, they're gonna let us slide. So it's on you. The responsibility of this planet is on you. Give me your musical Mount Rushmore. Any genre, alive or dead, go. Okay, Childish Gambino. Okay. Then I also feel like he might be one of the aliens. That's gonna. <laughs> he might be. I mean, that might help. That might help alone. He just give him a little uh, word and let us pass. Okay, Gambino for sure. Um, Jay Z. Oh. Um. Hill. Mm. And uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hell, we're good. We're good. Yeah. The Earth, Wind, and Fire <laughs> alone, we're good. Oh man. Oh man, that that is a hell of a list. That you are official like a referee with a whistle. So that was fantastic. Tell the world, tell the dimmates. I've enjoyed this conversation. Tell the dimmates where they can find you, what you have going on. The floor is yours. Oh, I have so much going on. You can follow me on at Octavia underscore the great. I have my new project, No Bra Part 2, is coming out sometime next year in March. Uh, TBA. Uh, and then the rest of what I have going on is just being still. So that's it. I love it. Guys, please go out there, stream, bootleg, however you get it. Get the music. I promise you, I've never steered you wrong. I'm batting 1,000 when I recommend the artist. I am recommending Octavia for sure. She is dope as dope can be. So go ahead and stream No Bra. Go ahead and stream her uh, 2019 album, The Girl with the Crazy Hair. And in March, we say, go ahead and stream uh, the new project. I can't wait. No bra too. That's awesome. I, you know, like I said, I'm going braless all 2022 myself. So go ahead, go ahead and stream that music. Hit her up. Go follow her on the page. We'll always put her information probably here and here when we go in the post. So please follow her. She's from my city. She's from my town, the 757. So it's extra special that we show our support. She's a super dope artist and I can't wait to see what you have in the future. I thank you so much for carving out some time to spend with me and chat in the den. We appreciate you for sure. Any final words, any shout outs you want to give to anyone? Uh, shout out to my mama. <laughs> mama the great, shout out to mama the great. Anyone uh, else? Uh, I have a daughter who's one oh. years old, Nova. 
Shout out to her. Shout out, Nova. <laughs> awesome. Well, shout out to the gang, the great, uh, the little great, mama the great. Shout out to all of them. They're awesome. We appreciate that. And as always, tune in, like, comment, subscribe. If you like what you're hearing, put some comments in there. And we'll make sure we'll send any messages that you want to send to Octavia. We'll make sure we'll send them to her. But it's your boy, Mars. It's been another stellar episode of Down in the Den, the best pod sh- podcast on earth. And as always, deuces. All right. All right. Done and done. <laughs>